0: or you can find us at our website, Medorchurch.com It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: Acts chapter 12, verse number 1. And the Bible reads, now about that time Herod the king strengthened forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with the sword and because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further and he took Peter also then were the days of the unleavened bread and when he had apprehended him he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions that's four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. If you'll let me, I'm going to read that last verse one more time. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him I want to preach on this topic tonight disrupted expectations disrupted expectations I know we always talk about how we're expecting great things God's expecting great things but I want to remind someone here tonight that Satan has expectations but it's time we disrupt them tonight amen amen Can you put your Bibles down? Let's go before the Lord in prayer over the Word tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for what You've done so far in this service. And God, we're expecting great and mighty things. Lord, we know that every strong tower that was placed by the enemy that you seek to tear down. So God, we're here as your vessels. We're here as your warriors. So God, let us tear down every stronghold. Let's tear down every high tower that is against you in the name of Jesus. And let your will be done in the place tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Can you clap your hands before you're seated in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. One last time, I'm going to read verse 5 because I really want us to get an understanding of this. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer. For just a moment, can you leave that verse up there? Thank you. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. How many remember when Pastor was teaching English class a couple weeks ago? And he was telling us about the English language and its connection and the relationship that it has with conjunctions. Everybody say conjunctions. Anytime you see a conjunction, especially when we see that word, but in verse 5, this tells us that yes, the first phrase has meaning. Yes, Peter was in prison. Yes, but... What comes after the conjunction lets us know that what comes after it has more power, has more authority, and will overtake what was just said. Yes, Peter, I know, and we can all see that you're in the middle of prison right now. But, Peter, I know that your friend in James was just killed by an evil king. I know that he also wants to boost his poll numbers and wants to kill you for a show. I know that you're sitting in prison. I know you're on death row. But, I want you to know, Peter, there is a church on the outside of the prison that is waiting for you. There is a church on the outside that is praying for you. Come on, somebody. How many knows the devil had something against you, but the Lord didn't let that be a period? He put a but and had a word of authority that came after that for you. Peter, you may be in prison right now, but that's not the end of the story because God has more after prison. And it's not just praying for you, but there's a church that is praying without ceasing, Peter. Oh, I would you know that once Peter was taken from the streets in front of them, their very own prophet, their very own pastor, their very own minister was taken away from them. The church didn't riot. The church didn't go down to the jailhouse and cause a scene. They didn't go get a lawyer to go sue the jail. No, they didn't go cause a big mess. They knew exactly where they needed to be. They knew the only... The only way to get Peter out of prison was to get together in one mind and one accord. They knew that the only way to move the natural was work in the supernatural and that was getting in a prayer meeting. They knew the only way to move prison doors was getting in a prayer closet. All right. All right. Thank you, Lord. Could you imagine for but just a moment with me, we have all read the book of Acts, amen? Right, nice. Hopefully we have. We have read through the pages, especially in the beginning chapters of the book. We have read of the amazing encounters they received, and all of the great blessings and the works that were done. They were, we we have read through all of it, and we especially those first few chapters that brought so much revelation they received the revelation of salvation in perhaps the most famous verse among us apostolics in the second chapter and 38 verse and 3,000 people were saved that day and the Lord began adding to the church daily we're seeing mighty moves of God and all of these great things but now we find ourselves in chapter 12 in front of one of the most common names in the entire new testament here in the 12th chapter, we now come upon the wicked king, Herod. Can everybody say Herod? Herod. Now, this was the grandson of Herod the Great. A little history lesson. Herod the Great was in rule when the Messiah was born, and he sought to kill the Messiah. Herod here in chapter 12 was also the nephew of Herod Antipas. He was one of the ones involved in the trial and crucifixion of our Messiah. So this lineage of Herod in chapter 12 is seeking to destroy the very foundation of God in Jesus. This Herod here in these verses I read earlier came against the church. It says in Acts 12 and 1, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. That word vex here, we know through the Greek, means that he wanted to do evil upon the church. He wanted to injure the church. He wanted to hurt and to harm the church. That's why he killed James the brother of John. You know, the beginning of Acts was amazing. We saw revelation. We, we, we saw uh, water baptism and Holy Ghost sin filling and, and baptism in Jesus' name and repentance. And, and then now here in chapter 12, we're beginning with the death of a disciple. I've come to tell someone tonight that in all the years that this church has been around, we've experienced some beginning of that book of Acts moves of God. Amen? We've seen the power established that was given to them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We have felt the rush of the Spirit of God that is likened to the mighty rushing wind. In Acts chapter 2, we have felt the Holy Ghost flood these altars for decades and even for over a century. We have seen signs and wonders seen in the fifth chapter of Acts. We have seen sinners delivered much like the Apostle Paul in his conversion from Saul. We have felt and seen many things that others have not because of the divine hand on this church. Can you clap your hands and thank Him for what God has done for MPC for over 109 years? Oh, yeah. Yet I feel sometimes we have come up against Herod in chapter 12. And some of you have felt the hands of Herod upon your life. Does anybody feel the hands of of the enemy on them. You may not feel it naturally. You may not feel that tight hand on your neck, but maybe your soul is feeling tight tonight. Maybe your heart is feeling tight. I bet I believe that some of you, when pastor was preaching Sunday night, God was releasing some things. I bet some of you have not been able to sleep since then. Why? It's because Herod is vexing the church. The enemy is scared. I want to tell you, church, let me speak as I believe. I... I got a lot of stress off my mind yesterday, so let me feel as I feel. The potential of this church has not yet been met. The potential of NBC has not yet been reached. The enemy is scared because he knows the potential of this church. He has come because he is scared. That is why Herod is vexing the church. That's why you feel his hands. That's why some of you have felt more anxiety in this last week than you've ever felt. Some of you have felt more depression when God tried to release you. Herod also put put his hands out is because he knows the potential that he has. I've come with a Holy Ghost agenda from the Lord tonight to tell you that the devil is scared at what this church is being set up to do. And- I feel something in the Holy Ghost tonight. Some of you don't understand what God's about to do in this place, what Pastor was doing Sunday night. He stepped in the role of a prophet and was releasing some things. He was releasing some of you. I would to God, if God, if Pastor called you out on Sunday night, that you would be feeling that in your spirit, that God is about to release you and Herod has no hold on you. I know that over these past few weeks, we were in the middle of revival and I've been so thankful. I was so thankful for the events coming in because God just used them mightily. They, they blessed me. Did they bless you, church? And, and we've had some amazing services since then. God has been moving But I want you to know that there is an undertow going on in the bowels of this church. There is something going on in the supernatural. And I'm here to tell you it's nothing evil. But there is a spiritual awakening coming within this church. There is a spiritual stirring. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. We just need to have a connection. I believe that there are ministries that are about to start being birthed in the next few weeks. You watch it in the next few months. We are going to see people start walking into their callings like never before. Why? Because the Lord has given a word for this generation. This world no longer needs a phony church. This world no longer needs a a just go to church because you can. No, this world needs spiritual gifting unleashed like never before. Some of you are going to start working in the prophetic that you never seemed imaginable. Some of you are going to start working in giftings that you can never even think The Lord would have you know tonight that this church is about to walk in a spiritual gifting unlike this church has ever seen. I just pray that we begin to open up our eyes to it. And because of this, the hands of Herod are popping up and hurting the church. The hands are popping up. The hands of Herod are much like little nuances, little problems, little irritants. Maybe some of you haven't had big problems happen yet, but the devil's been picking at you. It may just be a subtle tap, but the devil's just trying to let you know that he's there. Herod is just trying to let you know, hey, don't you notice I killed James? Don't you know who my lineage is? Do you know that my grandfather killed so many babies seeking after your Messiah? And my uncle was the one that was part of the crucifixion of your Messiah. And I killed James. I'm coming after you, church. I'm coming after you, church. That's what the devil's doing today. He's just trying to let you know. I want you to know I'm here. It's not going to be anything big, but I want you to know that I'm here. We've seen people walking out. We've seen families hurting. We've seen personal problems, marital problems, financial problems and situations. But I want to tell someone in the middle of it right now. I'm here with the Holy Ghost agenda to tell you. If you're in the middle of that, what you are in right now is not where you're going to be in just a little while. I've come to tell somebody where you're in it right now, the hands might be on you, but just wait a little bit longer because those hands are going to stop. If you'll just give it a little bit of time in your prayer closet, those hands are going to cease. If you'll give it just a little bit, you're not going to be in the middle of it anymore. You're going to be on the other side of it because I believe in the middle of pain, this church will become an epicenter of prayer. I believe in the Holy Ghost that for the community of Medora, Indiana, that this is going to be a lighthouse for people when they're hurting when Herod is attacking when they're going after God's people that this church will be a lighthouse of prayer. (laughs) Devil you already messed up because you woke up a giant and we're about to enter into our prayer closet and you don't understand what we're going to be able to do you don't understand the principalities we're going to be able to tear down you don't understand the generational curses that are about to fall you don't understand the diseases that are about to bow in their name you don't understand everything that is going to be teared down if you believe it, I would that you begin to worship him I believe that you begin to pray right now. I pray that you begin to shout because yes, Peter, I know you're in prison, but the giant is waking up, but the church is waking up, but the church is praying, but the church is seeking, but the church is getting in its prayer closet. Come on, church, and begin to worship Him. And watch what happens in verse number six. And when Herod would have. I've read this verse, I don't know how many times in my life. And I just skipped over that. When Herod would have. Could have. Never got a chance to. But when Herod would have brought him forth. The same night, Peter was sleeping. Joker's on death row and he's sleeping in prison. Whatever. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Peter was so influential in his day that it was common that prisoners were only to be chained to one guard, and that was like your evil criminals. Most times they'd just be thrown in the cell, but Peter was so influential that they were afraid that he would convert the soldiers, so they put two next to him. We could tell by history that no doubt Herod would have put Peter into the deepest and to the darkest and to the dirtiest part of the prison. Because Peter was waiting to die. But when Herod would have Peter killed, look at verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off. Now I want to tell somebody tonight, and I want to tell it in the Holy Ghost. Peter for the church represented the word of God because he was their minister. He would represent the hand of God because through him, God performed miracles. He would represent the blessings and the favor of God. Peter was a man that God was using mightily. Rhett, can I borrow you? Pastor Dylan, can I borrow you? And Daniel, can I borrow you, please? So at this time, Peter, you're going to be by Peter. Can we come over here? I'm going to actually have you guys sleeping. Can you sit down? And these are going to be your two guards. That's going to be your chain on your one hand and chain on your other. So Peter's in the midst of prison, all right? Just act like they're sleeping. I can't sleep sitting like that, but that's just me. Peter's in the midst of prison. And he's sleeping and waiting for his death. Waiting for Herod to kill him, just like he did his friend James. And the Bible says that the angel came down And if we could say in history that he was in the deepest part of the the prison. And in the midst of darkness, the angel shined on him. What I find so interesting is that it didn't say that the light was bright enough to wake up the soldiers. It woke up Peter. Because God's elect has the favor of God. God's people, his children, will always be taken care of by the Father. But the angel shows up, and it says that in uh, the DG Bible, the David Gill Bible, he'd have got a gib smack. You know, you ever watch NCIS where he smacks him on the back of the head? He'd be a bop. And he's, I wouldn't do that to you. You got nice hair. BAP! Okay. And he says, you need to get up. Yeah. So he gets up, and what happens? The chains fell off. Okay. What I'm trying to do, and he dusted them off like that, and the chains fell off. What I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight is that even though he was sandwiched, the Lord wants someone to know that God is about to dust off and He's about to unshackle a blessing that is going to come to your doorstep. He is going to unleash something that the devil wanted dead. The devil wanted him gone. Herod wanted him dead. But God said, dust him off and unleash him. Because I've got a reason for him. I've got a church that's waiting for him. I've come to remind somebody tonight that you have a blessing in prison right now. You may have a blessing shackled up right now. But God's about to dust him off and unleash it to come to your doorstep. Thank you, guys. Come on, somebody. Begin to worship him. Notice this, church. In the midst of prison, he was sandwiched between two soldiers, but God said, get him out of prison. It's time to get up and let the chains fall off of him. I come to remind you that there is a ministry on the way to your doorstep. There is a role on your way to your doorstep. There is a calling on the way to your doorstep. God is grabbing something out of the hands of Herod. And he's about to deliver it to this church. He's about to deliver it to your households. He's about to deliver it to the door of your soul. I understand that Peter was a man and in that story. But for this context, this is going to be a blessing that's about to be unleashed. And it's going to be spiritual giftings. There's going to be a wave of the supernatural that's about to come to your doorstep. You've just got to be willing to open the door. The enemy didn't want you to have that in your hands. He didn't want Peter getting out. He was going to kill him. So he would take it away from you and try to kill it. But I'm glad that death may come in the day, but at night that God will make a jailbreak. There are ministries trying to be birthed that the enemy never wanted to get off of the ground. But I've been so thankful to realize and come to the revelation that if we're willing, that God will bust that ministry out of jail, out of the hands of Herod, and unleash it to his people. That there is a blessing that the devil has not wanted you to have. There's a blessing that you've been praying for. There's a blessing that you've been seeking after there's something that you've been earnestly wanting that the devil never wanted you to have but God will break the chains off and tell it to get up and rise up out of prison and show up at your door ready for you ready to serve, ready to give it unto you ready to help you in your time of need can you thank God that in a moment's notice he can take it out of the enemy's hands and give it to you Some of you may be content where you have been for years with your walk with God. But could the church continue without Peter? Could they? I believe they could have. The church will always continue. However, God knew that Peter had something on the inside that he wasn't done with yet. He had something inside of him that says... He may be in that situation, but he has my favor. And because he has my favor, I'm not done with him yet. So I'm going to put my hand over him. Peter could have got angry that he was in the middle of prison. He could have got offended because his friend James was just killed. And he could have given in the towel and just let himself be killed. But God said, Peter, I'm not done with you yet. Spiritual giftings, I'm not done with you yet because there's a church over here that's praying and I'm about to place you out of prison and put it right here on your doorstep. God knew that Peter had something on the inside and I want to tell someone that you may think that you were in good hands just as you we are. Oh, we're just good as we are. Lord, what you've done so far in 109 years, that's enough. Thank you, God. Thank you for moving. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the baptisms. Thank you for what you've done so far. If that's the end, we're content with that. But if you think MPC has had a move of God, I've come to tell you, you've not seen anything yet. If you think that NPC has hit its peak, you haven't seen anything yet. There is something more powerful than we have ever seen or ever even witnessed that's about to be broken free in the supernatural. God is trying to tell someone, you thought God unlocked the next step for you in your calling. You've not seen anything yet. You thought last Sunday night God was releasing something. You haven't seen anything yet. Because Peter's about to get out of prison. You thought the release was whenever he went into prison. You thought the release was when God moved in Acts 2. He's not done yet. Because God's about to release what he has for his church. You thought we were in the end times. You thought it's all said and done. Just wait, because God's not done yet. If you believe that, can you clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. come on, I'm preaching to your families right now. I'm not talking to just the elders, but I'm talking to our students. We think we've seen something in 109 years, but God is trying to tell us there's another level, there's another season that we're about to step into. We've not seen anything yet. I'm thankful for foundations like Bishop. I'm thankful for a pastor that has vision, but there's nothing that we've seen that is on its way. There is a spiritual outpouring that we've never seen before, and all 109 years there is more on its way let me show you what God can do with a church that is willing verse number 10 in Acts 12 when they were past the first and second ward this is Peter and the angel They came unto the iron gate that leadeth to the city. Now, we tend to skip over that. Just walk right past that. Just kind of like Peter did. But to get past the first ward, Peter would have had to have his cell unlocked to just get into the ward. Now, to get into the second ward, he'd had to get out of the first ward. And to get outside of the prison... He'd had to get out of the second ward. Now, we see the man Peter, the blessing that's on its way to the church. He faces the iron gate that unlocks the city. Mm. Holy Ghost. Let me just say this. What God has in store for you and for this church collectively cannot be contained In these four walls. In this church. This building cannot contain what God has in store for this church. But God is unlocking that very doors that got your blessing out of the hands of the enemy. He's about to unleash it to the world. Peter, just because you're out of prison, it's not enough. I will unlock the doors to the world and place it at your doorstep. Whoa. Acts 12 and 10, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city which opened to them on His own accord. I felt that when I, when I was reading. I felt the Holy Ghost clean up my spine. And they went out and passed on through one street. The phrase, "opened to them of His own accord, in the Greek comes from the word, automatos. Automatus, which is where we get the common term in the modern word, automatic. I've come to tell somebody tonight that when you you came into the building tonight, you were greeted by ushers that had to open the door for you. And then when you walked in, they closed the door behind you. When you're going to go home tonight, you're going to open the door of your car, you're going to get in, and you're going to shut the door. When you go home, you're going to stick the key in your lock. You're going to open the door, walk in, and you're going to shut it. If you use the bathroom tonight, you're going to open the door, walk in, do your business, walk out, close the door, hopefully. So we can open up those doors. But I want to tell you, when you walk up into a place, let's just say like Walmart. You don't need a key. Your hand doesn't need to be on the door. When you step up to the door of a place of abundance, of everything you could ever need, you don't need the key. You just need to be standing in the right place at the right time. Peter, I know you were in prison I can open the doors to get you out of prison, but whenever I'm about to unleash you to the world, you just need to be at the right place at the right time in my will and I'll open the door for you and unleash it to the entire world so that you can move to the church, so that you can move to the sinners, so that you can move to the Gentiles. I've come to tell somebody tonight, we just need to be in the will of God and when we're in His will, He's going to start opening every door that we ever need open. When you start walking into a place of abundance, anything you could ever need, you just need to stand up to the door and the doors are going to open for you every blessing you could ever want is going to be through the door anything you could ever need it's going to be through the door the Lord is sitting there and he's saying I am the door if you will just stay in my will I will open up to you knock and I will answer ask and it shall be given unto you you just got to be in the will of God I've come to ask is there anybody willing to be in his will and say God just put me in the right time if you're going to give me a calling, place me in the right moment in the right time. If I'm going to have a ministry, place me in the right moment at the right time. If you're going to give me a blessing, put me in the right place at the right time so I can have access to abundance. Somebody needs to hear this. God is waiting for you to unlock abundance as long as you're willing to get in the right place. I'm calling to tell this church, if we're going to go to spiritual depths, if we're going to see abundance, we got to get our mind right, we got to get our heart right? We got to be repentant. We got to be in his will. We got to be in correct alignment and submission to our household and to our pastor. I know that's not a fun thing to talk about, but the moment when we do that, we stand at the doormat to the Walmart of eternity. We stand at the door of abundance against Anything we need When we learn to pray, church, things begin to fall into place and the doors have nothing else to do but open. Now, the only other place we see this Greek word, automatos, it is only found two places in all of Scripture. There in the 12th chapter of Acts and the second place was Mark chapter 4 in verse 28. And it reads, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. All right, I know we're getting close to harvest, but all right, we'll talk about corn. It's Indiana. Let's talk about some corn. So what's he saying, preacher? Well, Jesus was talking, and he was saying, If you will just sow the seed if we will just get in our prayer closet and sow what God is wanting us to sow, that automatically something's going to start happening. Something's going to start growing. Something's going to start opening up. It's either going to be a door to blessings and whatever we need, or it's going to be the soil opening up to a harvest that we never saw possible. When I saw that, my Holy Ghost began to boil up inside of me. Because if we need blessings, we go to the door and it opens up. But there's a harvest in the world outside of us. If we're willing to sow what God is wanting us to sow, then the soil is going to open up automatically. And the buds are going to be there. What's the Bible say? That the harvest is white and ready for the picking, but the laborers are few. I wonder if there's a church that is ready to get in the prayer closet and ready to go to work. Is there anybody ready to go to work tonight? Is there anybody that's ready to get their gardening gloves on and go to work for the harvest? Because it will open up automatically. And the next verse reads, But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put his hand in the sickle because the harvest is come you let that blessing be put in God's hands and you start praying, don't you worry, the doors will open to blessing and the ground's going to open up to harvest. That's going to happen automatically when we start getting in the will of God. I believe it in all my soul. When the Hershes step into that mission field and they're going to be in the will of God, things are going to open up, every door's about to open up, and the harvest is going to open up. When some of you start walking on your job sites and you're in the will of God, every door's about to open up, and the harvest is about to open up. Maybe I'm I'm just preaching to myself. When I go to Bundy's tomorrow, I believe I'm going to be in the will of God and I'm going to see doors begin to open up and I'm going to see the ground begin to open up. If you believe it in your family, you ought to stand to your feet right now and say, God, I'm willing to be in your will. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to pray because I want to see doors open and I want to see the earth open up with the harvest of souls. may be seated. The only way we are going to see spiritual gifting being poured out is by praying and putting ourselves in the right place in the right time. Because God is only going to take Peter so far until someone has to answer the call. Somebody say answer the call. Acts 12 and 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many gathered together praying. They were praying when Peter went in prison, and they were still praying when he got out of prison. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he was in prison. It just says Herod was going to wait for Passover. We don't know when he went in, but we know it wasn't just one day. So the church was praying, and they prayed, and they prayed, And they prayed, oh to God, that we would be a praying church. Not praying when things happen, but we're praying before things happen so we can step in the faith when things happen to see it fulfilled after they happen. But they were praying and as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's Voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, Thou art mad. But she consistently affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. They could not believe that Peter was at the door. Peter is at. The door. Peter is at the door. And he's waiting. And he's knocking. I want to tell somebody, God has you in a place. God is preparing you to come to the door with knocks, to knock on your door for blessing. Someone here will be the one to come to the door when supernatural is knocking, when spiritual gifts are knocking. All I have to say is, are you going to get up and answer the door? Are you going to get up and answer the door? Are you going to be the one to open The door. Don't wait for the rest of us to understand it. When God starts working in your life, when He starts speaking to you like He's about to, don't wait for other people to understand it. Start walking in the favor that God has for you. Because while someone may not get it right now, we're all praying for it. I've been praying that God would unleash the spiritual works within this church and within this generation. And I believe that God is about to bust the wall and the doors wide open. Because Peter can look within himself when he got out. And he says in verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Like I said in the opening, we have our expectations in life, in the church, in our spiritual walk. God is expecting something out of us, and Satan has expectations. But I'm here to disrupt expectations the calling that God has on your life that Satan has held for days maybe months or years or even decades I'm about to disrupt his expectations and I pray God is about to unleash it into your lives and I pray that God's about to unleash it into your family's life I pray that this church becomes an expectation disruptor to the enemy can you clap your hands all across this place I wanna to say to the Rhoda, that is in this church that is sitting in this church if you are willing to open the door God is going to deny the expectation of the enemy but it has to come to a point when God steps back and we have to use the faith that we've been praying for God's going to say I can take it so far before we have to step up to the occasion He's knocking at the door He's waiting for you to fulfill your life's goals He's waiting for you to fulfill ministry but are you willing to open the the door all right, now. Can we stand all across this place and, and musicians begin to come? I want us to lift our hands all across this room, and I want us to start a, a season of prayer right now. If you feel so inclined, come into these altars right now, because I want us to go into a season. Of preparation. I want us to walk in a season of preparedness. We need to prepare ourselves for what is to come. I want you to prepare, I want you to start repenting right now and say, God, work in me a clean slate right now, Jesus. Father, any distraction that is within me, clear it out, God. Anything that would stand in between me and your will, get it out, God. Prepare us for what you have for us. I want us to start praying, God, if we need to build our prayer lives a little bit more, then build my prayer life. If you're going to start using me a little bit more, let me build my prayer life. We need this church to become more than it ever has ever been. We need to pray for our leadership because God is setting us up for the greatest revival. And I'm not saying a revival just to get you amped up or to make you feel good or to give you goosebumps. But God is about to revive ministries and callings and blessings that you thought were dead for far too long. Because look what happens to the one who wanted your calling and blessing to die. It says in Acts 12, verses 21 through 23 that Herod was doing all this stuff and the people were shouting that he is a God and he is not a man but verse 23 and immediately the anger of the Lord smote him because he gave not glory to God and was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost whatever is holding you back from your next season the moment we begin to pray without ceasing God is going to kill whatsoever thought to kill your walk with God Whatever distraction, whatever sin, whatever whatever idle thought, God is going to kill it the moment we're willing to pray. Because the next verse says in verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Let's pray right now. Let's pray for the harvest. Let's pray for spiritual growth. Not just harvest the souls, but harvest within ourselves, God. Let these doors open up automatically. Let the harvest open up automatically. Come on, let's come to these altars right now. Let's begin to pray. Pray over yourselves. Pray over your families. Come on, let God just begin to move right now. Let God begin to move right now. When the church was praying without ceasing it was continually on their minds It's all they thought about. It's all they cared about. So God, get every distraction out of my mind. God, get every distraction out of my heart right now. Because we're in the last moments. I don't have any time to lose. I don't have any time to lose. My blessing's in prison. My ministry's in prison. My calling's in prison. So God, release it. I'm praying right now for a Holy Ghost release. I'm praying that it begin to flow from heaven right now. Some of you are about to get confirmation in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are going to get released in your spirit. You're going to get released from Herod. You're going to be released from vexing. You're going to be released from the antagonists right now. Come on church, begin to pray and lift your voices right now all across this house. Begin to worship Him. house let us be a beacon to all of those who need it lord i'm praying that we're stepping in to the right place at the right time god i pray for our leadership i pray for our pastor right now in the name of jesus that you would cover him, that you would put the blood over his life right now, that you would touch his mind, that you would touch his vision, not just naturally, but God spiritually. Let him place this church in the right place at the right time, so that every door would open up automatically god and let us place ourselves in the automatic harvest right now come on pray for your leadership right now play over our pastor pray over sister gill right now because they need our prayers They're facing the adversary right now. They're facing vexing. They're facing the enemy. Begin to pray for them that God would release them of everything that He has for them. Release them, God, for vision. Release them in their prayer life right now. Come on and lift your voices all across this house.
0: our ministry.